brothers and sisters. Welcome, welcome. This is Jessica Cologne here on Soul Rich Radio. Wow, it's officially 2021. It's a brand new year. And we are actually in my sun sign. We're officially in the age of Aquarius. This is the year of enlightenment. We were in the Piscean age for 2000 years, and that's a water sign, meaning it's not an element of thinking, but Aquarius is an element of thinking because it's an air sign. So it's mental and spiritual. Therefore, there will be a link with the intellectual and the spiritual. The powerful Saturn and Jupiter conjunction literally just occurred on the 21st. And this is special because both lights are associated with authority and they rule in totally different ways. The Saturn and Aquarius is the great reset, and the shadow aspect of this is forcing new world order, AI, transhumanism, the disclosure of aliens, UFOs. But the great awakening is Jupiter and Aquarius, which this rules humanity, consciousness, intellect, community. And right now, so many people are waking up in all areas of the world as a whole we're finally starting to establish that bigger picture perspective like that bird's view and this is such an important time to be alive we've all been releasing and receiving energies on earth at a pace that has never been experienced before this is so crucial and those that have been doing the work and bringing their soul selves here We've all been anchoring in this new paradigm. The old cabal structures and that old reign of power that we're used to, that servitude momentum, all of that is expired. We're finally waking up from that endless cycle of suffering and unconscious activity. We've all been stepping and transforming into our personal freedom. We're finally restoring and claiming our natural birthrights. We're stepping out of slavery, spell work, having to sacrifice our health for money. That's it. We're not playing small anymore. We're stepping into our leadership skills now more than ever. We're finally stepping out of lack, fear, codependency. And we're moving towards our divine alignment with our creative flow. We already have created this reality but we're finally stepping into it now. And if you feel like you haven't done so, be knowledgeable of what you don't want. Meditate on this. Visualize your happiest self. This is how we bring heaven on earth. By stepping fully into our divine authority. Reveal your true nature as a creator, as a creative, as a god, as a badass as a successful entrepreneur and drop that mask because that's not protecting you. Reveal your raw self to those you love and to the world around you. And it doesn't have to be literal like an inner feeling, but just an embodiment of readiness, of no longer having to hide your truth. The world is ready for you. So because we're stepping into such powerful roles, it's time to discuss the ultimate challenges and the tests that we face on a daily basis. This episode is going to help you overpower your judgment, the programming, the temptation, and all those egoistic thoughts that haunt you endlessly. 
And my whole purpose of this talk is to heal your attitude simply by shifting to a high vibration at all times. It's to create a shift from fear-based thought and emotions to love-based thought and emotions. You can look at everything with the glass empty or the glass full. Your salvation is up to you, only you, not up to anyone that's not you. And even if it may not seem like it at times, you've been given everything that you need from the moment that you were born. Once you adapt a higher level of self-love, this is all going to be super clear to you. Once you transform your negative ego into Christ consciousness, literally into everything that you do on a micro and macro level, you're going to have eternal bliss. Because by being aware of the problem instead of sinking into the problem, this will lead to potential creativity and growth. Throughout the episode, I will be mentioning the word God often, but by God, I'm referring to source, to Christ consciousness, to love, to truth, to nature, to beauty, to bliss. Whatever you feel is of utmost existence. Now, to begin, the first major issue is anger. Anger is one of the easiest lessons that many people seem to fail in. Have you noticed that some people, they can't control their anger? But then there's those that never get angry no matter what happens. Those people who lash out, they haven't completed their anger lesson. And it's simply a total misuse of power. But anger is important. It's needed to control reality. When you use it in a productive way, it's called positive anger. You need to have some of it in order to cause change. Because if you don't get mad at someone for doing something wrong, they're going to keep doing it because they're going to think it's okay. And this is super true for children. If you don't get mad at them for breaking things, they're going to go right ahead and break everything that you have. This is like being the spiritual warrior in life or just manifesting tough love. Only because it's needed. So anger in essence is ego and this is a fact. So instead of getting rid of anger or killing the ego, it should just be channeled properly because there's such an enormous power in anger. And this is what I mean by positive anger. It's anger channeled in Christ consciousness directions. Anger, when not used in a completely unconditional loving manner, it's an attack. And for that reason, it's wrong. It's never appropriate or even right to attack a brother or a sister. Because to hurt another person is to hurt God. And in truth, you're hurting yourself. People who are angry all the time, they demonstrate a lack of true personal power and self-mastery. Anger creates separation. And the purpose of life is to retain oneness at all times, not separation. We should learn from ducks. Because ducks, they don't do anger. They fight over a piece of bread and they swim away, but they always end up coming back together. Try to cultivate personal power and a spiritual warrior attitude and mentality at all times. Engage in being tough, but never in anger. Also, chronic anger will debilitate your liver function, leading to crazy things like cancer. And 
All of this stems from attachment and from not looking at things as lessons in life. It also stems from an inability to transcend duality. So when things bother you in a relationship, share them, let them know, but do it in a loving and respectful manner. Because anger without unconditional love is negative anger, and that should always be controlled. There's no such thing as righteous anger. No, no, no. That's a delusion of the negative ego. Anger is such a critical lesson. And it's always going to be showing up. So someone who is angry all the time is angry because they are fighting life instead of working with life. Or even learning from life. But anger is caused by faulty thinking as all negative emotions are. When you move into positions of power, credibility, fame, the proper control of this energy is even more important because many people are going to be in your spiritual care. When anger arises, channel it into cleaning your house, into exercising, journaling, writing, or meditating. Meditation is so important because you receive messages and insights from your higher self and your guides and your body too. And if you don't meditate, you're stuck with human thoughts. So alchemize that enormous power of anger into realizations. Don't judge yourself whenever you get angry. But if you do happen to get in a commotion, take responsibility that you're creating it. And also, you're adding more fire to the fire. Try not to take it out on others or yourself because then karma will deliver. Now, the second major spiritual test for every light worker is the issue of power. And the lesson here is either not owning it enough, or when you get it, you let it get to your head. Personal power is the first fundamental key to psychological health and spiritual growth. And the idea is to own it all the time, but in a considerate manner. Because it's through owning your personal power that self-mastery over your energies take place. You either own your power or you give it to other people and your subconscious mind. Or your negative ego. Or your thoughts. Or your emotions. Or your desires. Or your dense physical body. So it's essential to have power, but not in an overly dominant or overly submissive way. There has to be the proper balance between the masculine and the feminine sides. They must work together in a beautiful dance. And the real test of power is when you move into leadership. Will you use your power in service of the Christ consciousness and love? Or will you use it as a manipulated power by the negative ego to control others? Because in reality, the power over others in the world of leadership is all ego. That never comes from the heart space. You want to exceed in life in order to help and elevate those around you. More people in their chi energy or their prana energy just means more power for social matters and the collective. And one of the tests is to see if you treat people exactly the same way as you did before you got the power that you now hold. If you let power get to your head, you're out of sync with God 
and the universal laws. The next great test of the spiritual path is dealing with money. And this is the ultimate test of a self-realized being. How attached are you to money? There's many light workers who claim to be of Christ consciousness, but once you give them money, the Christ consciousness goes right out the window. It's like they're this ascended master as long as you're giving them a client fee or paying them. And this is not true spirituality. How do you respond when someone rips you off? I'm not saying that money is not important because it is. However, it's not more important than our connection to source and our soul. Do you feel that money is your God? Is it the most important thing in your daily activities? Because if that's the case, it shouldn't be. If all your money and your material possessions were stripped away, how would you respond? Would you retain your faith? When you move into having a lot of money, will your personality change? Or how do you look at people who don't have any money? Do you judge them or do you accept them? If you judge, then that's a negative ego's interpretation that money has a hold on you. We're all meant to have a lot of money. No one should have a low income. The only difference between the rich and the poor is internal value. Being poor is a product of negative ego lack and limitation programming. There's no judgment in poverty, but we're truly all meant to be millionaires and above. The reason why is so we can use all of our money to live abundantly, but also help those in need. And God may have you financially wiped out in order to see if you stay on the spiritual path. And this is usually part of the test. This will happen to all of us once in our lifetimes. So we always have to be prepared for a worst case scenario. Let go of your attachment with materialistic things. We're all so blessed to have a fresh day to recover and a mind to help us achieve anything. If someone screws you over, don't go ballistic, but instead put your service work and your divine plan first. You'll feel it in your core of what to do next. If you're generally a good person with good karma, life will make up for it. And for that person that screwed you over, they'll suffer enough with that karma. And the way that you react will always be your karma. So choose yourself and your well-being over money and material concerns. As you start moving into leadership roles, all will come forth. It's so easy to forget at times that everything, absolutely everything that happens in life for everybody is a spiritual test. The next great test is fame. Now, the question here is, what happens to the personality once fame and worldly recognition is achieved? How does this change the personality? Will you start to treat others differently? Will you start to treat others like lower class citizens? Does the fame inflate the ego? And do you feel like people use fame for self-glory? or for an opportunity to be of greater service? The answer is both, 
but just know that fame can easily be an opening for the negative ego. The problem with earth life is that most people who move into fame and into worldly recognition positions, they're not equipped psychologically to deal with it. And this applies to the average person, to famous people, to spiritual leaders. They're often highly developed spiritually or physically, but not developed psychologically and in terms of having control over the negative ego or that inner child, the desire body, the emotional body. But sitting with your pain is foundational. A lot of trauma gets stored in the subconscious and we carry this for lifetimes. So the key with all these tests is to remain exactly the same as you were before the money, the power, and the fame were achieved. Remember that this human body is temporary. It's like a loan. And if we misuse it, it will be taken away. So to achieve self-realization, self-knowledge, happiness, inner peace, success, happy relationships, and God realizations, all attachments and addictions must be let go of. Buddha had said, all suffering comes from attachment. And that is so true. It's amazing of all the things that we get attached to. All negative emotions can be traced to attachment. All failed relationships can be traced to attachment. Attachment is living in the past. We are living in this matrix, but we are not of this matrix. We come from the divine, the higher dimensions, the unseen. So we must learn to have strong and selective preferences, but never attachments. The actuality of preference is that you go after what you want with your heart, your mind, and your soul. And even if you don't get it, you're still happy. In matters of love, let it flow. Don't force it. If it flows in a different direction, let it be. Because that which you try and hold on to, you lose. And this is one of the key principles in understanding the laws of manifestation. Whatever you're attached to or addicted to, no matter what it is, rather it's people, material things, future events, sex, money, convert it into preferences. Some go too far in the other direction that they become totally detached with no preferences, but that's not good either because they're not involved in life. It's important to have total compassion for life and for all of your goals, your preferences, your priorities. But the key is to be happy and have inner peace regardless of what happens, instead of always fighting life or wanting an explanation. And by understanding this, you're truly living while making great use of your time. Therefore, it's worth it. The next test is jealousy. Jealousy stands from insecurity and attachment, hence the need to compete with others instead of cooperating. Jealousy is totally of the negative ego and it should be released at all costs because it's not of God. 
it's connected with the negative ego quality of envy. This is mastered once you can see the nature of group consciousness and the one identity with all creation. We are legit all one. Our true identity is the eternal self, not the physical body, not the personality. This connects us with all creation and all creation with oneself. In realizing this truth, every happiness and every benefit that someone achieves is also your happiness. But also, every suffering of another individual or living being is your suffering and vice versa. You're a powerful and connected light beam. You're not an individual self. We're all the waves in one big ocean. Some waves are vicious and some waves are chill, but we are all part of the same collective. If you want to be with God in heaven, then act like God in heaven. Visualize a heaven. How do you picture it? Do you picture everyone wearing white, dancing on the clouds, peace and love in the air? Or do you picture nature and a waterfall and animals and plants and gardens? Whatever it is, picture that. And now picture a God. Whether it's a God you know, like Krishna, Jesus, or you in God form, or a goddess, whatever it is, would that God be jealous if another person or another God had more leadership skills, power, fame, or money? I don't think so. I know you can sense the ridiculousness of this thought, but would God compete with another person over a relationship? As I said earlier, state your preferences and then let it go. If it's meant to be, it will come back. And if it wasn't meant to be, then for the better. Be happy for another person's joy. The key to life is to recognize your unique puzzle piece because God created each person differently and for a different function and a different purpose. Five yoga teachers could have taken the same course, but the way that they practice it is totally different. All beautiful and divine, imperfections and all, diversity is lit. Now, the next issue is sexuality. Are you the master of your sexuality or is it the master of you? Does the flow of your sexuality serve the lower self or the higher self? Does your sexuality serve love and intimacy or just primal animalistic pleasure? Does your sexuality serve as a selfish purpose or a selfless purpose? Is your sexuality being used for the raising of your kundalini and brain illumination or just for a second chakra release? These are all key questions that we need to ask ourselves with devastating honesty. There's no judgment, even if it's being misused. I feel like we've all been down that road. But as you become aware of this, just make the appropriate adjustments and make the spiritual vow to correct all those imbalances whenever they occur. Life is nothing more than making 
repetitive adjustments and corrections to bring us back to inner peace and to hold that magical chi energy that we store. Remember that mistakes are not bad. Unless it's an uncorrected conscious mistake, then that becomes a problem. The idea is to learn by grace instead of learning by karma. To learn the easy way instead of the hard way. Sexuality is a wonderful thing and it was created as a communication device in service of love so that we can express it. So therefore, it's not bad. But it becomes negative when you use it by the lower self, by the carnal self, by the negative ego. Use it in service of the higher self and your unconditional love. Set that intention. Now, the next great test of the spiritual path is the transcendence of desire. You must transcend and transmute lower self-desire for it is the mother of all negative ego qualities and the invitation to demonic entities. I mention this often, but demons exist in thought forms. All lower self-desires should be transformed to higher self-desires. And many people are confused and they try to block all desire, but that's not good because you need desire to ascend and you need desire to achieve liberation. So transform your lower self-desire into a desire for something higher than you, a deep knowing of your divine presence, a realization. This is the ticket to paradise. Now the next great test here on the spiritual path is transcending selfishness and self-centeredness. This is a big issue here in earth school. It's crazy to see how some of these major spiritual teachers still see life through the lens of selfishness. And this stems from their high level development in spirituality but their weak development on a psychological level. They often have not learned to parent their inner child properly. When you allow yourself to be run by your inner child, you're always going to be selfish. Just like how all children are kind of selfish. Like, I want this, I want that. This stems from just not being trained in the differences of the negative ego and Christ thinking. We all must learn to let go of our selfish lens and always see the bigger picture. We must learn to feel that invisible fabric and that grid that connects us all. Because we're all brothers and sisters and we all mirror each other. We must learn to embrace the opposite of selfishness, which is selflessness, and help others. The only thing that you're going to take with you once you die is the quality of how much you gave and the quality of total and complete selflessness is the sign of true spiritual mastery. It's okay to be spiritually selfish as long as you're not egotistically selfish. This may come into play in terms of having proper boundaries. You gotta do what you gotta do. And 
Sometimes space and being distant is what you need. Or sometimes you got to take care of your physical body so you don't burn yourself out in doing service work. It's just a matter of seeing everything and doing everything out of the group body and not out of the lens of the inner child, which is the negative ego and the physical body. Instead of being satisfied with what we have, the ego will try to acquire someone else's opinions and thoughts into our plan. So this is where we have to lead by discernment and be quick to realize whenever we feel that ego voice just lingering in our minds. Because instead of focusing on what we can give, the ego will trick you into focusing on what it can get. And this can even apply to spiritual information, trying to save it for yourself and not share it with others. And this usually ties to competition, to jealousy, and to envy. So in truth, that which we greedily hold, we eventually lose. And in reality, we only keep what we give. And this is the law of life. In a time like today, we're experiencing a large sum of vanity. And there's nothing wrong in life with taking care of your physical body and wanting to look nice and attractive. I personally love working out. I love getting dressed up and feeling pretty because when I look good, I do good because I feel good. So the key lesson here is whether this desire to present an attractive appearance is governed by the soul or by the negative ego. Truly examine your deepest motivations and intent in this regard. It's important to have good grooming habits and hygiene and being clean and presenting a nice appearance and having beautiful clothes, but are you doing it to stand out and be better than others? Or are you doing it as a seduction of some sort? Do you spend too much time looking in the mirror? Do you wish to look like those filters on Instagram? Always be humble and aware in this regard. Be clear on what you're trying to present. What crowds are you attracting? And be honest with yourself with no judgments and always make the appropriate adjustments where needed. But always remember that you are beautiful, so naturally beautiful, no one looks like you. The false pride is the next spiritual lesson. In the Bible, it says, after pride comes the fall. And this actually comes with power, with fame, with large sums of money. And this is the ultimate ego inflator for a false self-glorification. It's something that we should all be vigilant against. The other side of the false pride is the negative humility. And this is just as bad as false pride. Negative humility is feeling inferior, having a low self-esteem, a lack of self-worth, poor self-concept, feeling undeserving. It's literally just as an illusion as false pride is. So the key is to transcend duality in this regard. Being too superior or being too inferior is an imbalance. And this must be transcended in order to release yourself from the negative ego's grasp.
because to be stuck in either one of them is to be stuck in both of them. The issue with transcending duality is not taught like it should. What is above the duality of ego is called Christ consciousness. So this is something that we all need to be aware of and learn from. And what we need to constantly be on the lookout for. Because the negative ego is incredibly tricky, but it's also seductive. And it can enter in the slightest moment whenever one of us goes into autopilot. The next lesson is transcending fear. This should honestly be first on the list, especially because of its power right now on a global scale with this whole COVID bullshit. Some people won't even look at you like a human. To them, you're officially a germ bag. It's pretty sad. If there's one word to describe the negative ego more than any other word, it's fear. And if there's one word to describe Christ consciousness more than any other word, it's love. So in reality, there's only two emotions. There's love and there's fear. All other positive and negative emotions at their core have these as their base. So understanding fear is to see that it's a projected attack. When we attack others, we live in fear by the law of karma operating in our own mind. So whenever you feel like you're getting attacked, just give it up. And learn to release all core fear and replace it with core love. When you released all fear, you released and transcended the negative ego consciousness. The releasing of this fear is also tied to having faith in yourself. So in truth, there's no neutral thoughts. Everything is either fear-based or love-based. And this is why it's so important to deny any thoughts that are not of peace to enter your mind. Play soulful music, meditate, affirm, sage, visualize greatness, and allow high conscious thoughts to enter your mind. This is the bread of the wise. The next big and important test is transcending duality. And this applies to everything. In my opinion, it's the least understood concept on this entire spiritual path. The key here is to see that third and fourth dimensional consciousness focuses on duality and polarity. And when you move into fifth dimensional consciousness and beyond, there's a way of thinking called Christ consciousness or Buddha consciousness or the infinite intelligence, whatever you like to call it, but that transcends dualistic thinking while you're still fully embodied in life and involved in life. So there's always two sides to it. The negative ego will always have two sides to it. Whenever you have profit or loss, pleasure or pain, sickness or health, victory or defeat, success or failure. But the secret is to remain the same, to remain the middleman, the observer middleman. And in case you're like, what? Well, transcending duality is not a consistent motion of highs and lows. 
with Christ consciousness, it allows you to always be the same and always be in your power, always loving, always happy, always even-minded, always in joy, in inner peace, always forgiving, and never changing regardless of the fluctuation of the dualities in life. And this is the consciousness of the God self. This allows you to remain the same whether people praise you or accuse you. And this piece is possible because the negative ego doesn't engage. The storms of our outer life won't affect the stability of our thinking process. Your main concern shouldn't be what's going on outside of your life, but rather your attitude towards what's going on inside of you. A person can see their spouse dead and simply shoot themselves, all with the power of a simple thought. So this comes back to you. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? Now the final and major test of this path is egotism. Egotism goes beyond pride, beyond all negative ego qualities and emotions. There's really only one problem in life, and that is egotism, or better yet, Satan. And there's only one answer to all the problems of humanity, and that is love, Christ consciousness. The definition of God is God equals man minus ego. I'll say it again. God equals man minus ego. If you want to realize that power within yourself, you have to transcend all your negative ego with its attributes, qualities, and emotions. Your ego is the source of all negativity and the source of all lower self-desire. It's the source of all separation, fear, greed. It's the source of all disease. It's the main lesson that we all must learn. And the key is to attain inner peace and to deny any thought that is not of God of the negative ego. You really have to practice and affirm and place your attention on every thought and emotion that is coming out of you. And that is of that high consciousness. It's through this practice that we will heal our attitudes and that our subconscious mind and our conscious thinking will be reprogrammed and formed with a new habit. Your subconscious mind is as happy to be programmed with Christ Buddha consciousness as it is with the negative ego consciousness. It doesn't care because it has no reasoning. Your subconscious mind literally just absorbs. It's like an antenna, like a sponge. It's your job as the conscious mind to reprogram your subconscious mind. And the Ascended Masters or your gods, your angels, they're not going to rid of your negative ego. That's your job. And it's done simply by not giving your attention to it. You don't need to get mad at it, for in truth, it doesn't even exist. It's not even there. You just think it is. It's nothing more than a bad dream. The negative ego is the lower self. Your ego is the inner child that hasn't evolved. That's why when you see people literally whining and wanting things like children, it's because they are having trouble 
evolving that ego. It's the ultimate separation of consciousness, which is separation from God. And the world is living in a massive negative hypnosis of separation that does not even exist in reality. You either master your mind and guide it intelligently, or your mind will master you and only produce the programs that have been installed upon it. We live in a world that operates from limited thinking, and this is the norm. So in a time like today, you have to do the work. We need more minds that can hold polarity and that can stay grounded no matter what. Be a vessel to cultivate truth to take flight. And also, if you lose people that you care for, just know that your light has illuminated the shadow work that they refuse to do. You now have time and space to attract people of your resonance. And this is what we're all transitioning to, a higher resonance, a higher dimension, and a higher consciousness. God has a bigger plan for you. Your ego doesn't. So don't fall for these primal traps. The only difference between you and I is ego. It's the only thing that's keeping us separate. We have created race, countries, politics, religion, all to separate us through ego. But separation again is an illusion. Connection is the truth. Love is the truth. And once you live by the truth, the truth will set you free. Truth conquers all things. As we are witnessing now in the world, the truth is exposing the lies. The truth is much harder to be contained and hidden, hence why many shocking things have been resulting. So let's see if we can prevail over these negative evil forces of the spiritual war. So put on your complete suit of God so that we can succeed, prevail, and conquer the world. Okay, friends? Love you and leave you. Have a blessed day.